Monday morning, guys, 9 o'clock Central. Danny. We're out of back by show. Monday morning. at the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right race fans let's get rowdy the next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only racing from the third tracks for carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega. No race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. Live from PA this morning, guys. Welcome to the Rowdy Maglite Show. We're going to bring you the winners, the pole setters. Uh... Well, some weekend, guys, a little bit of rain on Friday, which created the worst chaos for Saturday. I mean, we had uh, ARCA kicking it off at 8.30 a.m. After that, you had the truck series. After that, you had cup practice, cup qualifying, and then after that race, you had Xfinity. And it was a full day. I think over eight miles was the walking distance, guys. Eight miles. So what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to start off with Josh Berry, who sat on the pole, got the pole for uh, Xfinity. Now joined by Josh Berry, driver of the number eight Junior Motorsports Chevrolet, our NASCAR Xfinity Series pole winner. Josh, if you would please uh, just start us off by taking us through your pole win and lap out there. Yeah, no, the car felt really good. We had a, uh, you know, probably our best practice of this year. Um, you know, without a doubt, we uh, we know that we've you know needed to improve this year. We've struggled a lot of a lot of different issues throughout the season, but the guys have been working really hard and, and brought me a really good car. Um, practice well, you know, felt good about qualifying what we had. Um, you know, was kind of hoping top four or five, but obviously hit a hit a really good lap there. So. Just uh, a lot of credit goes to just all my guys, right? They've been we've been working really hard trying to make our cars better and, and get them. I mean, looking for something that um, you know just has been a challenge for us to find, fi- you know, to hit on and fix, and, and you know, hopefully to, to today and this weekend is a step in the right direction. All right, we're gonna open it up to questions. If you have a question, please raise your hand. We'll get a wireless mic front to you. We'll start in the back with Zach. Come up to Steve Post. Zach Sterney, LoNASCAR.com. Josh, the last month or so has been rough results-wise for you. To have a day like today where you say you have the best practice of the season, you end up walking out of here today with the pole, um, how significant of a day can this be for this number eight team? No, you're right. I mean, it's, uh, it's a big day for us uh, just with the practice and obviously the qualifying effort that we had is, is like I said, a huge step in the right direction. You know, hit, hit, a, hit a really good lap there. And, yeah, I mean, the last couple months have – have been a struggle, right? Like I'm not going to shy away from that. Um, internally, we haven't shied away from that. You know, we've had, we've had some tough days and, and we've had, we've had days that we finished better than really we should have. And, and, uh, you know, this whole group has, has stayed together and, and kept working really hard. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on, right? Um, there's been a lot going on with me with the, 
cup opportunities earlier this year and then obviously transition into the cup series next year. You know, there's a lot of things going on, but, um, you know, this Xfinity season is still very, very important to all of us. And uh, we want desperately to, to get this turned around. And, and like I said, hopefully, you know, we still got a, we got a race tomorrow, but hopefully um, today was a step in the right direction for that. Josh, Steve Post, Motor Racing Network. I certainly don't want to put the cart ahead of the horse. Point-wise, you're fairly good as far as the playoffs go, but we kind of understand the playoffs. How important is it for you to, to win a race here uh, before we get into this to, to, to get to that mode uh, if, if you want to run for a championship? Yeah, no. Um, you know, Obviously, winning a race um, you know, would be very important and a, and a relief for all of us, but yeah, more than that, we need to we need to run better. We need to score more stage points. We need to we need to be just more of a threat than we've been. Um, you know, like I said internally, we've had a lot of tough tough days and tough conversations about that. And and we know we know we're, that if we're at our potential, and I'm at my mine, that that we can do amazing things together. And um, you know, that's what we've been trying to trying to do. But the reality of it is, you know, the the playoffs. Um, you know, we, we know that we need to be faster. We need to be up front leading laps. Otherwise, you know, we're going to be skirting each round of elimination, we feel like. Let's go to Marty and then to Nathan. Hey, Josh. Marty Sakala, Rock Sports Net Race Pro Weekly. Two top tens at Pocono in both your outings. Uh, now that you're starting on the pole position, how do you look at this race tomorrow? Is cleaner going to be a huge factor or is it still going to be the draft that's going to be key? Yeah, no, clean air is really important. Track position is really important here. It's going to be tough to pass. Um, you know, I think that, um, you know, you kind of a lot of times get stuck racing racing time here, you know, versus your competitors. So starting up front is going to be, you know, great for us. You know, hopefully we can get up front and lead, lead some laps early on and, and go to work from there. So uh, obviously – uh, I really love this track. I've had, I've had some good results here. I ran, you know, my first race here was with Jordan Anderson. I thought we had a really good result in that and then, and then had a third-place finish last year. So the, these style of tracks seem to fit me a little bit better than most. So, I mean, I'm, I'm encouraged and excited for tomorrow. Let's go to Nathan. Nathan Sant with the podium finish. I have a couple first. Um, just kind of following up on, on the first few questions, is there anything that you've been able to kind of pinpoint in particular as to why um, you guys have been off not just this year but in particular the last couple weeks? Well, I think that for us, um, you know, it's easy to kind of just say that your speed's off, but, you know, we really we've just got struggled getting the car balanced like we want. And, and you know, after the season that we had last year as a company, the expectations are are high, right? So that makes makes the off days a little worse. But ultimately, I, I felt like every time we've got my car driving pretty good, we've had the speed to contend for top five. So we've just been trying to, to get our get our arms around that, and and without practice, you know, you know, practice where you can really make substantial adjustments. You know, just a 15 minute kind of hot lap session. Sometimes it's just hard to fix the car. And um, I think that, you know, we've just, you know, tried to use our tools outside of being here to continue to get better. And some days have been good and some days haven't. But, um, you know, we're, we're working harder than ever. So, um, you know, we're off, off to a good start this weekend. And three of the next four races are on road courses. That's something that you've obviously had to learn as you came up into the Xfinity Series. So how much do you think you've grown on uh, road courses and what are you looking forward to in those races? Yeah, I think I think I've gotten better. Um, you know, it's something that I haven't 
really done hardly at all as I grew up as a kid racing. So really my only experience ever on a road course has been in the Xfinity Series. So it's uh, been a challenge learning that. And, and um, you know, we had, a really, uh, we had a really good run at Portland. That was a real confidence builder for us. Um, for me, we, were, we were, had really good pace, qualified well. That was a big step in the right direction for us. So we're kind of trying to just work off of that. And, um, you know, Road America is going to be unknown with the repave and all. Um, but, you know, for me, I think I trust my instincts at those races. Tip, typically, I do a pretty good job of getting us to the end and, and getting a good result. So um, just um, I'm excited for it. There's some good tracks coming up for sure. Do we have any additional questions for Josh? All right, Josh, congratulations and good luck tomorrow. Thank you. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. Yeah! NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. And I will be there, folks. So, uh, Come down into the fan zone. We'll be down there at, in the fan zone for two days. So uh, come check us out. Look, guys, Josh Berry had a heck of a race. Uh, I mean, go on YouTube, pull that, pull all the finishes this weekend, and you're going to see some absolutely door-to-door racing at the end. And Josh put it on. It was just one of those cases, not giving and taking, guys. That's all I can say. Uh, I'm just going to go on since we did the uh, qualifying for Xfinity. Let's just go on and listen to Austin Hill. Uh, great, great win for Austin. Uh, win number, I think, five. All right. We are now joined by tonight's NASCAR Xfinity Series race winner here at Pocono Raceway, Austin Hill. If you have a question for Austin, please raise your hand. We will get a wireless microphone to you. We'll start with Marty. Hey, Austin, Marty, Sakala, Rock Sports, Net Race Pro Weekly. I got two for you. So first off, the final lap going down the long prawn pond straight. Were you expecting that draft from Sam Mayer, considering him and all guy are teammates? So it was an inter- interesting centru- situation that we were in. So obviously you're going for the race win. Um, getting into one, I kind of backed up my entry a little too much. Um, I was fighting a tight condition basically all day, and um, – I, I kind of backed up my turn one. The eight got to me, kind of lifted me up a little bit, and got beside me, kind of doored each other off one. And I knew that the one was going to have a big run out back. And I don't think he was trying to give me the push. It looked like he was going to go try to split us three wide because me and the eight kind of got away from each other. We wasn't side drafting each other as much. Um, and right at the perfect time, and me and the eight both turned left, or I turned left, he turned right. And it closed that hole up, and it basically made the one have to have to give me the push. Um, I don't think he was trying to do that at, at, for any means, but um, can't thank Junior Motorsports enough for giving me that push there. <laughs> um, but no, uh, our, our Global Industrial Chevrolet was was decent all day. I mean, I thought we could run fifth to eighth, but um, didn't think we had anything for the leader. I kind of got us in a predicament on speeding on pit road and. Um, I just wasn't doing a good job in the race today, and then those last few restarts just had some good restarts. The eight had an issue getting into turn one, got really loose, chased up the racetrack. I got the lead, 
didn't think I was going to be able to hold him off, but um, it just all worked out the way the way it was supposed to. Um, you know, it just it just was one of those races where the fastest car didn't win, but uh, we did everything we needed to do to win today. In the long run before the caution flag came out, how close were you on fuel at the time? <clears throat> well, I didn't know where I was at. I knew that they had told me I was four laps short um, and that I needed to start max saving fuel. So I start running like half throttle down the straightaway. I'm listening to lap times from my spotter and Andy, uh, my crew chief, um, and we're we're kind of talking about it. We're trying to figure out, you know, what I need to do. Um, I've never had to max save like that before on an oval track like this. Um, and so I'm like running half throttle down the straightaway. I'm lifting super early, not really using much brake, just kind of doing everything I could do, uh, drafting people whenever they would get by me. I just get behind them and try to take take the draft um, and run quarter throttle if I could down the straightaway and uh, was doing all those things but I've never been in that predicament before so I had no idea if I had enough fuel or not Um, then I you know coming to the restarts with those last two restarts just trying to turn really hard left and kind of get the get the fuel on the right side in the fuel pickup Um, that's kind of what you're supposed to do you know if you're kind of sloshing it back and forth and you and you slosh it to the right and you get it left side it can start stumbling so i was trying to get it to, to the right um get in the fuel pickup but i had no idea if i had enough fuel but I had enough fuel to win the race come around celebrate do burnouts and drive all the way to victory lane so we did a really good job on on doing our max save that we had to do today yep all right let's come up front here and then we're going to go to dustin and then in the back to zach Awesome. Shane Hector, Underground Sports. Uh, what was your thought process um, as it once Josh got a little loose, made contact with you? What was your thought process at that time? Because at that time, he, you know, he made contact, and you're looking like, is this guy going to take me out here, or what was your thought? Well, I mean, you're racing for the win, right? So um, you're going to do everything you can to win the race. I knew he wasn't trying to wreck me by any means. I knew that he was just trying to rough me up a little bit. He was trying to he probably didn't realize that I was going to be that slow across the middle of the corner because he had been rolling entry to center really good all day. That's where he was so fast. He could just drive it in super deep, keep it turning, and go, where I had to kind of back up my entry, let it settle, uh, would get a little tight across the middle. So I had to kind of back up my corner some a lot more than he did. So I don't think it was anything egregious or anything like that where he was trying to take me out. Uh, I just think that once he rolled into the center, he was trying to kind of rough me up a little bit, get beside me, um, and then we were going to race it out going into the tunnel turn. Who knows what could have happened there if we would have stayed side by side. But, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff was going through my head. I mean, when we had the restart initially and I chose outside lane instead of uh, choosing the front row, I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to beat the eight because he's he's so fast today. I'm like, so second's not too bad, but I never give up. You know, no matter what, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of situations that could happen. That was one of the situations like, hey, if he doesn't get into turn one very well, I might be able to turn under him and clear him, and that's what ended up happening. He didn't get through turn one good. I cleared him, and um, and then it just it was just one of those weird things where it all worked out where me and the eight blocked the one at the same time, and he was already committed trying to go middle, and it, it made the one basically push me. So, um it was one of those things that just worked out. If if the one would have decided to not split us and he could have went bottom with the eight, race would have been over. I wouldn't have won the race. I would have ran second or third. So um, it was just one of those things that when it comes down to the, to the last lap, anything can happen, and we were able to prevail. All right, 
Go ahead, Dustin. Dustin Albino, J-Ski. Austin, there's been some races this year where you've, maybe you've had one of the best cars and didn't win, uh, like the Super Speedways and whatnot. But to not have one of the top five date cars, like you said, what's it mean to win a race like that? <clears throat> I think it means more than the other three that I've won this year for sure, um, just because – you know, Daytona, we we felt like we're really good on super speedways, so we felt felt like we should have had a shot at winning there. Uh, Las Vegas, we we thought we had a really good second or third place car all day, and we thought the, at the very end that we had one of the best cars, uh, especially on the long run. So um, that one didn't surprise me too much, especially when when we saw how far the uh, 16 was falling off there at Vegas. And then uh, the other race, uh, Atlanta, you know, I, I felt really good about where we were out at Atlanta. thought that we, we, we were class of the field. So, um, yeah, I mean, winning at a place, at a track where you don't feel like you're the best and the team does strategy like we did, fuel-saving mode to try to get us the track position that we needed and to win the race, this one's a little more special, honestly. It really is. It's a little more special to me than the other three that I've had this year. So, um, I've already gotten this party started tonight. I'm uh, I'm planning on letting it loose for sure because uh, I was not expecting to win the race today. That's for sure. I gotta I gotta fly home tonight, unfortunately. Um, so who knows if we land and it's a decent, you know, depending on when we land, what time it is, who knows? My my team might have a party somewhere. If they do, I'm going there for sure. Yep. All right, let's go next to Zach. Zach Sterniello, NASCAR.com. Austin, congratulations on this. Um, going back to a couple questions ago, just how just how vulnerable did you feel on that last restart? Um, obviously, you, you were able to give Josh that shove going into turn one and get position on him, but throughout that last lap and a half or so, um, how vulnerable did you feel of the position you were in? Yeah, I mean, the draft is huge, especially the first couple uh, laps on a restart for, for a place like Pocono. So I thought I was in a vulnerable position. position. Uh, obviously, I'm trying to break the draft as much as I can. I'm sure you guys saw me, like, going really low down the bottom, and then I'm going back up top, and I'm going back to the bottom. I'm just trying to make it to where it's breaking the air a little bit. And um, so I thought I was in a vulnerable position to – I thought I was in a good spot when I got the lead, to at least run second or third, I didn't think I was in the greatest position to win the race. And the only reason I say that is we, we were fighting the handling on our Global Industrial Chevrolet all day. So I'm like, well, man, it's going to be really hard to hold the eight. I was kind of hoping that when we came off a of turn one on that restart and the eight kind of got up the racetrack, I was hoping he was going to get racing with somebody else, but he didn't. He got single filed out. Uh, that would have helped us a lot if they would have got two by two from second on back. Uh, it would allow allowed us to kind of drive away a little bit and made our you know situation a little easier. So yeah, I mean I thought I was in a vulnerable spot. Thought that the eight was just going to get to me, drive by me, and then I was going to run second or third, and it was going to be a decent points day. But um, then when we got side by side and the one did what he did, I'm like, all right, well, as long as I can get through the tunnel turn decent and not overdrive it, and I don't even have to get through turn three, great. As long as I get through there you know, halfway decent, then um, I thought that the race was going to be won because it, it would have taken too much time to get a run off the three to get beside me and try to race me for the win. All right, let's work our way down the middle here. I believe there's a question right here, and then we'll go to Chris and then Dalton. Yep. Hi, Austin. Congrats on the win. Uh, I'm Dropper Motorsports today. Uh, so didn't running the truck race earlier today and having most extra laps along, do you feel that helped you in any way or are the uh, two types of cars just too different to really compare? 
Yeah, I mean, the truck and the Xfinity is so different to compare. Um, I did think that the track tightened up going into from the truck race going into the Xfinity race, and we went ahead and freed up knowing that, and we still was too tight when we started the race. So I thought that we were a little more ahead of the racetrack than we could have been if we didn't run the race. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's pros and cons to running the the truck race. You know, it took me like three or four laps to kind of get settled back in because the trucks, you're like on the throttle so much, and then you go in the Xfinity car and you're lifting a lot, no downforce, that type of thing. So I thought it took three to five laps to kind of get back used to running an Xfinity car again. It's just one of those things you got to kind of like set your brain to – start lifting earlier, start putting throttle down differently, that type of thing. But all in all, I mean, I thought that it wasn't a bad thing running the truck race. Um, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, the trucks just drive so much different than the Xfinity car. There's not a whole lot you can take away. Now let's go to Chris Knight. Chris Knight, com. Congrats, Austin. Um Playoffs are on the horizon, so I was just wondering if you could give analysis of where your 21 team is and how do you feel about the playoffs. Do you feel like you're strong now as you guys were at the beginning of the season, or do you guys have work to do? I still think we have a lot of work to do. I think that our mile-and-a-half program is pretty good right now. Um, There's still things that we can work on and be better at. I mean, there always is. Short track program is kind of where we lack the most. Uh, New Hampshire, for example, last week, I just didn't think that we were a great car. We were 8th to 12th place car all day um, and just ended up with wrecks that happened and things like that, missed some wrecks and stuff and finished third like we did. Uh, we didn't have a third place car by any means. So we got to keep working at it. we got to keep figuring it out. Um, you know, we've been trying these different packages each and every week, each and every time we go to the racetrack. And there's areas that I think we've improved on, but then there's areas I think that we need to be better at. So um, to say that I feel like we're, you know, ready for the playoffs, I wouldn't say that we fully are yet. That we still got some work to do, especially with the Gibbs cars. The Gibbs cars are always really fast. Junior cars seems like they're starting to figure it out, and they're starting to find a lot of speed here lately. Um, I don't know if that's just a product of – with the the rear skew change and stuff that we've had this year, maybe that took them a little bit to kind of figure it out. But they're starting to get a lot of, a lot of pace. Obviously, the eight was class of the field all day today, so we definitely have some work to do um, before the playoffs start to be ready and and to feel like we have a shot at making it to the final four. Yeah, okay, thank you. Come up front here to Dalton, and then we will go to um, Nathan. Hey, Austin, Dalton Hawkins with FunStretch.com. So kind of a similar question. This is now your second win on a non-super speedway pack racing type oval. Does that, and this they both come this year, so does that give you, or you feel like you're in a way better position in the for the playoffs than you were a year ago? Yeah, and I think it's mainly because we have more points to follow on now if we have an issue, right? So last year we didn't have that much points to follow on, you know, playoff points and all. This year we have a lot more playoff points to follow on. We have uh, five extra bonus points for each win that we've had. We have four wins. Um, We've gotten, I don't know how many stage points, but a handful or one or two. I don't know how many. Um, So we have some some points to follow on, which is great. Uh, The more that we can build the stage wins, the the stage points, um, and the more that we can win races and get those five extra bonus points, 
is just going to help us going into the playoffs because that's one area, that's one reason why I thought that we kind of missed the Final Four last year is we didn't have a lot to fall on, and then we had a bad Martinsville race, and it um, ended up costing us. So uh, I think that's somewhere that, that we've been really focusing on a lot this year is doing whatever we can to get stage wins, uh, obviously win races. If you if you can win races, that helps a lot. But um, I think we got to do a better job of getting some more stage wins going into these playoffs because any playoff points that we can get, um, that way if we have a bad weekend, we can kind of fall back on. There we go. And, and what is it specifically that ha- has made you better on these intermediate-type ovals over the year? I just think that having the year under our belt with – with RCR and and Andy Street, the crew, my crew chief, uh, really the whole team has stayed the same for the most part. I think we've only had like one guy that that switched out from last year to this year. Um, but you know, all the key players with the crew chief, car chief, engineer, all those guys, um, they're all the same people from last year. So you you kind of build that trust in each other, and you build that confidence in each other. And there's a lot of things that we did during the off season. We we went to simulator time. We did things. We talked about packages. We talked about things that I liked last year that I disliked. So I think that starting the year off this season, we started the year off better. Um, but but there again, there's things that we got to work on. Um, it seems like a lot of times we unload uh, really tight. It seems like I need a, a lot looser race car than most for some reason. Uh, even my teammate Sheldon. Um, you know, he likes his car a lot tighter than I do. So we're just trying to work through all those things, and it's still a work in progress. We we hadn't figured it out yet, um, but I definitely like my car a lot freer than most. Uh, and anytime we can get it free enough to where I'm driving off the right rear, that seems to be kind of the best bet for us. So we're still working through that, but I think that's one reason why we're having so much success this year is just having that year under our belt. Yep. Okay, let's go back to Nathan, and then in the back back to Davey. Nathan Solomon with the podium finish. Austin, you, the one, the 98, all kind of stretched on fuel there in the end. Obviously, you mentioned the speeding penalty. So did the speeding penalty kind of result in you guys having to, to run long there, or did was that kind of the, the whole plan going into it? No, that actually wasn't the plan at all. Um, the speeding penalty kind of brought us into that situation. We ended up hitting right as um, the one-to-go signal came um, to get back going. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's there's two ways to look at it. You know, I I hated that I sped on pit road, but that ultimately what is what made us win the race because if I wouldn't have sped on pit road and I came back out, we would have for sure just ran as hard as we could and, and pitted because we knew that we weren't going to make it. I mean, we would have pitted three laps or whatever it was sooner um, than what we ended up doing. So, yeah, I mean, it just kind of it kind of played into our hand uh, after the speeding penalty and having to go to the back. We started thinking about things. Um, I didn't think that we were even close to making it. And then when they told me, like, hey, we're four laps short, start saving me fuel, um, I'm like, well, we'll see what happens here. We're going to at least take a gamble. We're going to take a chance. We have three, ra- three race wins to lean on, um, and, and we can take that gamble. So that's what we did, and it all panned out. Okay, we'll go to Davey and then back up to Michael. Hey, Austin, back here, Davey Siegel with SiriusXM. So you said that you didn't have a ton of experience in terms of conserving fuel or being in fuel mileage races. Given that, how did you think you did personally? I, you obviously wound up a winner, but how difficult was that for you to kind of adjust on the fly having never really done it before? 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is the first thing I did, as soon as they told me max save, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to start running like half throttle down the straightaway. I'm going to run 50% instead of running 100%. We'll see what the lap time shows. Well, then when they told me the lap time, they're like, hey, we need you to run a little bit slower than that. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to just start lifting a lot sooner. So instead of lifting it, say, basically all three corners, I was lifting at the one cone all day. And I backed it up to where I was lifting at the two or maybe two and a half cone the rest of the time when I was saving fuel and when I would lift I would try not to use the brake the only area that I would really use the brake is getting into one I would barely just lightly touch it um, other than that getting in the tunnel turn I wouldn't really use it getting into three I would I would very lightly touch it just to kind of set the front end down that was literally the only reason why um, and I thought I was doing a decent job but I really didn't know I mean I, I've never been put in this predicament where I've been put in the predicament before on a mile or on a uh, super speedway where they're like, "Hey, if you can save us some fuel while you're out front or running second or whatever, you can do that for us. That'll be great." And I've done that, and that's easy. You know, if you're running second or you're running third, or even when you're leading, there's times that I've been leading a super speedway and I'll run half throttle because with the air pushing the bumper uh, out back, you know, you have that air push. It kind of still keeps the momentum up to where you're still running basically the same lap time. So. I started kind of doing those same similar things that I did on a, on the super speedway, and it just kind of worked out. It seems like that is kind of going to be a two-horse race coming down to it here at the end. Is that the main focus for you and Andy and everybody right now, just trying to get that win and get those playoff points? <laughs> I'm not sure where, where their head's at. My head is just honestly win more races, win stage get stage wins, and then whatever happens with the playoffs happens. I mean, I, the Gibbs cars are so so good right now, uh, each and every race, so they're really hard to beat. But um, I think that everybody at RCR and ECR is working really hard to make our program better, and I think that we can we can beat them. I, I, I don't think we can't beat them straight up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for, for me personally, I'm just looking at, hey, anytime that we can get a stage win, we're going to get it. Anytime we can win races, obviously we're going to get it. And uh, wherever the points kind of plays out, it plays out. If we get the extra 15 bonus points, great. If not, I'm still going to have the same amount of confidence going into the playoffs. Michael Massey, Front Stretch. You're talking about you and John Hunter Nemechek. Uh, both of you all have had some dominant wins, but you both also had wins where you, neither of you were the best car and still somehow got it done. Uh, what is it about you guys that where you can just, like, reach down and – you know, maybe not on your best day. I mean, is it chemistry? Is it just experience? What What is it? I mean, I think some of, some of the time it's just things pan out the way they do, and it, and it ends up working in your favor. And then other races that you thought you had the best car, you thought that you had a shot at winning, and it didn't work in your favor. So, uh, it, it to me, it just comes down to it's racing. Every everybody in this series, everybody in the Xfinity series, is really good at what they do. Uh, I think everyone's a really good driver. Um, and I think it just comes down to those those little bitty details. Um, you know, like for me, for example, tonight, uh, I could have chose inside lane on that restart, and I could have restarted in the front row, but I'm like, man, I, I just don't see me being able to beat the eight car as good as he was on the bottom. Then I'm going to get pin bottom. Then next thing you know, I'm probably going to be – I'm going to lose three or four spots possibly or two or, two or th three spots possibly. And I'm like, so I'm going to go top with him and, and restart fourth and re instead of restarting second to him. 
and just see if it works out. So I think the mental game kind of comes into play a little bit with that. I think mentally, you just got to be mentally tough at the end of these races. You know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of drivers, they probably get hot. They probably get, you know, overheated. Uh, the mental side of it kind of goes away a little bit. I feel like that's like the first thing that goes away. And for me, um, that's one thing that I've worked really hard on over these last few years is just be mentally tough. Um, you know, especially when it's green, white, checkered, that's when you got to be your best. That's when you got to be your sharpest. Um, I think a little bit of that kind of falls back on uh, Josh Wise and, and the whole Josh Wise program, uh, everything that Josh Wise and Scott Speed does. Uh, Dan Jansen, uh, we work out with him. So uh, all of those guys with my workout program and everything that we do there, I think that that kind of helps me on the mental side of it to be the best that I can be when it comes in, into these races. Let's go to Scott Walsh, and then we'll come right here. Scott Walsh from the uh, Scranton Times Tribune, Austin. So you overcome a pit road speeding penalty. You are uncertain about how much fuel you have, and you survive the chaotic restart at the end. Is, is it just feel like you survived today? You come out of here, you know, uh, you know, in survival mode? Well, I thought that, you know, my, my mindset was, like, all right, if I can come out here with a top five or something, like, That'd be great for us because we wasn't the best car. And then my mindset ch- kind of changed when we came into that final restart or, or the last two restarts, rather. I'm like, well, we got a shot at it here. Like, let's just see what happens. And that first restart, I drove in really deep into turn one and just started sliding the front end and cleared the 98. But then the eight got beside me. He cleared me, obviously. And I'm like, man, well, second's not too bad today with with what we've had with you know speeding on pit road just not having the pace having the fuel save i'm like all right well if we can run second then that's great and then when we had that final restart and the one or the eight slipped up getting into one i'm like well we got a shot at this thing so um yeah my mindset kind of changed a lot throughout those last two restarts on you know where my head was at and um once i got the lead off of turn one coming back to the wyatt i'm like well I'm going for the win now. I mean, my mindset just kind of changed. As soon as I took the white flag, I'm like, I'm going for the win. This record is your checkers for me. And uh, it just all worked out. Hey, Austin. Eddie Kalegi, Motorsports Today. Congrats on the win. Something else we haven't really talked about with the strategy was the tires. And, I mean, we saw Josh on the last restart kind of overcook turn one. And then on the last lap for you, even on the old tires, you were able to kind of grip so well on the bottom. So I wonder if you attribute that more to the fall-off not being maybe as bad as you would have thought, or you talked about the handling from the RCR cars and you like it a little free. So was the handling to your liking, or was the fall-off just not as bad as one might have thought here at Pocono? I think the fall-off was the the main key because I actually was still pretty tight there at the end of the race. I tried to run it as deep as I could in the turn one, and I and I started kind of sliding the front end, so I had to use some brake and slow me down. So, um, so yeah, we still we didn't have the – the balance exactly where we wanted it um but i yeah i just think that the way the tire was i don't know if it's just a little bit softer tire or what it is but uh the fall off just wasn't there today like it has been in the past here you know normally you come to pocono and you'll fall off a second second and a half throughout a run or whatever it is i just didn't see that much fall off today so i think that kind of contributed and into us being able to hold them off all right, and I've been told we have one last special question over here from Lindley and Kinsley. Okay. Uh, Dad, when you race, uh, 
when you was a kid, um, was you trying to win? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I tried to win as much as I could, but, uh, you know, racing is really hard, so it makes it hard to win races, um, and anytime you win them, they're, they're very special, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I try to win all the races I can, but I always get in trouble by you two when, when I don't come home with the, the trophy, so I try really hard, though. <laughs> That's a that's a really that's a really good question. Um you know, I think it kinda came down to dad's dad just wasn't fast enough that day and uh wasn't able to wasn't able to get the job done. So um luckily we were able to get it done today and uh now I'm not gonna be in trouble when I get home. I hear we have a follow up. Oh, we got a follow up? Let's go. Yeah, I got three, silly. Oh God. We're gonna be here all night. My beer is um, empty. Um, what happened in the truck case? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so we didn't have the greatest pit stop, so we lost track position. We're trying to get back up to the front and ended up, I don't know exactly what happened. It looked like the 42 kind of came up a little bit or whatever happened there. I'm not real sure. Um, but we ended up getting in that wreck, uh, off of turn one and ended our day. So, um, uh, Hated it for everybody at Spire Motorsports because it was a brand new race race truck that they had, and um, you know thought that that we were going to have a shot at it today. Really, um, just pit stops and stuff kind of hurt us. But uh, yeah, could can't win them all. You know what I'm saying? Just can't win them all. I won anyway. Go for all it. All right, let's do it. Last one. Why did you put Nala in your car and pack this one time? Who? Nala. Well, I think the main reason I don't put the stuffed animal in there is it probably could catch fire pretty easy. So I'm just, I'm just, you know, I think that she's better off probably being in your hands. That's what I think. Long time ago, silly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Austin. Thanks so much for coming in and congratulations. Yep. Thanks for having me. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. Yeah! NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. All right. Uh Tickets available, man. It's going to be a great weekend. I know it's not on the 4th of July, but, hey, room rates are cheaper. How about that? All right. Uh, let's move on to uh, the Arkham Menard Series. It was supposed to have been raced on Friday, but minutes before the uh, national anthem, here comes Mother Nature in Pocono. And soaked the track. NASCAR had the uh, jet blowers, the Titans there, but did that the track was just lost because of times, restraints, and be dark with no lights. So uh, we got to start that race. It's 8.30 on Saturday morning. 
And the guy that comes out the winner, he's won four races this year, and he will be a Sunday driver someday. We are now joined by the winner of today's Sunset Hill Shooting Range 150 uh, Arkin Menard Series race here at Pocono Raceway, and that's Jesse Love. Jesse, why don't you start us off uh, talking about your win and uh, your run out there today. Yeah, just uh, really proud of all of our guys uh, for working hard. Couldn't really do much overnight, but... I mean, two days ago, uh, they got to the shop at on Wednesday morning at, you know, 6 a.m., and they left the next day at uh, 8 a.m., right? So they were there all night um, working over 24 hours straight, just uh, trying to get all these five cars, you know, race-winning capable cars to the racetrack on time. Um, just really proud of everybody's effort, working so hard. And I was definitely upset yesterday, you know, not getting the pull to a teammate, is something that I can't do right now, trying to set myself up for next year. So I knew today I had to do some, uh, just put on a, a clinic and do the best I could. Kind of hit some weird lap traffic. Um, I get air moves around a lot here, and it's pretty tricky. Um, I feel like that loss is the lead. And then just had to get it back on restarts and then maintain um, with, you know, air being king here. So I think I could still, if I needed to, um, pass in dirty air, but it was a lot easier out front. Excellent. If you have a question for Jesse, we'll get you a mic. We'll start in the middle here. And then go to Jesse. Kyle Magda, Rowdy Maglite Racing Media. Can you talk a little bit about battling with the two-car there? He got around you there, and then you got back around him, and then uh, you were just able to hold off there. I know I know the 18 uh, got second there, and then you were just able to basically outrun him there. Uh, um, their package is, you know, a lot different than ours. Um, I assume it makes a lot, you know, more short run speed with, you know, how they have their pans and their side pans and all that stuff. So I knew they were going to be really fast on a short run. Figured they burn the right front off of it after a while um, and, and, you know, not have a lot of drag on the straightaways. So it was kind of hard to break away from him uh, with, you know, how much big of an air we, you know, bubble we punch here. So it was tricky, uh, you know, losing the lead, just, uh, you know, miscalculation navigation on, on my end, you know, getting around that 06. Um, you know, figured he'd just, you know, give me the top and he kind of just went in the middle and wasn't really sure where he was going to go. So just had to go to the extreme top and didn't think I was in a wreck, but it was pretty sketchy with how slimy it was up there. It hasn't been worked in. It's a bunch of marbles hitting the crush panel. So, um, lost the lead there and I can kind of, you know, start to inch back closer to him, but you lose so much time in the tunnel behind somebody. You have to kind of time your runs and, um, he wasn't hitting any lap traffic, so I couldn't really, you know, even the playing field out much, but. Once we kind of got out clean air, I knew I just had to run my race, you know, talking to Shannon at uh, under yellow about, you know, right front tire wear. Um, straightways here so long, you can't really get away with much, with much camber. So um, inside of our tire was, you know, a little worn down and had to kind of save until that last, you know, 10 lap to go stint. I just wanted to get as big of a, of a bubble as I could so that if, you know, some craziness happened with a lap car again, that I could still have a big enough of a bubble um, to kind of eliminate, you know, all odds kind of not winning. Shane Hector, Underground Sports. Uh, Jesse, what was your thought process uh, once you fell behind the two in the 18 car? And, like, walk me through that strategy on how you was able to come back and uh, get this win today. I'll tell you what was stressful was when the 03 was uh, lined up on the front row, I was like, oh, my gosh. And he got the damn restart of his life. And I was, I mean, I was really screaming off of turn one. I was so pumped. And uh, good job to him for, for getting a good jump. And then 
um, he kind of peeled off and made it so I didn't really have to pull out a line. Um, and, you know, that was the sketchy part. But, yeah, like you said, falling behind here is, is you know, probably the worst place to do that. You go to a place like Kansas, you move around, and you get around them. Charlotte, you move around. Michigan, you move around. Well, here, um, you can kind of move around in one and two. You can kind of move around in three and four. But, you know, turn two, you're just you're, – you're stuck, right? It's a tunnel turn. So um, it's so hard to – you have to be, a, like, a lot faster than somebody to, you know, pass them in dirty air. So I knew just have to wait for a restart. So that was kind of the thing that kept me relevant last year here was restarts. And uh, I feel like that's what's, you know, been my biggest strength in general um, throughout my career is just restarts and stuff like that. So um, I knew that once I got a restart, I could just – work air really hard and and as long as I had positive momentum going into one um and had my headlight out that uh he wasn't gonna be able to like you know put on my door and suck me around so um yeah restarts were the biggest thing and I think that was kind of what won us the race you know obviously you can have a three-tenths slower car or, or even car but if you're in clean air it's it's huge any other questions go here in the middle Hey, Jesse, Eddie Kalegi, Motorsports Today. I wanted to talk a little bit about lane choice because at the beginning of the race, we saw it seemed like the outside line was the preferred lane at the beginning uh, on restarts, and we saw you and Andres go up there. So could you take me through signing the strategy those last two restarts to uh, move to the bottom? Yeah, I think that, you know, last year uh, the the leader on the inside was kind of a sitting duck because third would always – you know, being me, I would always just pull out and pass the guy in first and make it three wide. Um, this year, you know, I kind of did a little bit of homework on how to not let that happen and time runs and how you wave people to come on with it and all that stuff. So, I don't know, I thought that there was it was a lot safer to be there. Um, if you're top of three, you're all the way up in, like, the slick PJ, or not, it's not laid down, but that, you know, stained pavement. You're up there in the top of it where it's kind of greasy and such. If you're in the middle, you're where it's worked in. Um, if you're on the bottom, you know, you're, you're good. So I didn't want to be top of three. If I thought I was, you know, middle of three, that I could just, you know, bond by it off in there and have positive momentum and have side force and be okay. Um, and also you can, you know, leave the option open to block all the way down. But honestly, like with how good our cars take off and, the homework that I've been doing on timing restarts and timing runs and stuff, uh, I didn't wasn't really too nervous on it. I just know that it's such like how you're turning off into the corner on throttle here on a restart that the shortest lane's probably always going to win. Um, I feel like Andreas, you know, would lift really, really early and give me a you know a huge run into one, which helped me out as well. So I think in a bigger horsepower car, he might move up to lane two, um, but uh, not for us. Okay. Kind of setting yourself up for next year. Um, where are you kind of hoping to be next year? Are you, are you hoping for trucks, Xfinity? Kind of what, what's that looking like for you in 2024? Uh, 19 Cup car would be nice, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, no, just I got a lot of faith in everybody at uh, Toyota Racing to put me in the right spots. Um, and it's it's tricky, right? I want to be in the best situation possible. Um, I will say, like, I've kind of followed right behind Corey Heim throughout his last few years of development, um, and it's been going really well. So, I don't expect a lot of that to change. Um, I'm happy at uh, Toyota Racing with everything they're doing for me. Um, and just whatever I'm doing next year, whether it's trucks or Xfinity, full-time, part-time, whatever it is, I know I just got to go, you know, win as many races and uh, make myself a valuable free agent. So 
um, it definitely, I definitely sleep a lot less now. Uh, normally, the last few years, I've had my deal for the following year already signed by now. Um, you know, right now I don't. So that's probably why I'm winning a lot of races. Uh, but at the same time, it's definitely uh, pretty stressful, and you got to be up on your game. Compared to Chris. Catchmans.com. Congratulations, uh, Jesse. Never been to Michigan International Speedway. That's the next race on the circuit, even faster than Pocono Raceway. So how do you feel about going to Michigan, and what are you doing to prepare yourself for the race? Yeah, I haven't really, um, you know, rang my bell recently, which is nice because all these tracks feel pretty slow. Um, you go to Lawrenceburg in a midget or a sprint car, and it feels like you're going 1,000 miles an hour. But um, right now the pavement stuff, it feels slow enough to where I feel really loose and I'm in control of everything. Um, but then again, never been to Michigan. It's a beast of its own. Um, you know, I don't expect it to be more technical than here. I'm just going to uh, treat it like an intermediate, like I would a dirt race, too. Just keep momentum up, keep the RPMs up, don't bog it down, um, have a balanced race car, which is, you know, Shannon's job, and he's doing just a great job at that this year. Um, and he's obviously somebody that is, you know, a big you know, part of this deal at these big tracks where uh, your car balance and all that aeromap stuff really matters. So I wouldn't say my – I haven't really watched much film this year either. I've just been kind of showing up to the racetrack and um, and driving my guts out every weekend and staying loose and in control, and that's kind of what's been good for me. So there's definitely some tendencies about Michigan on lane choice and things like that. I still don't know. I'll have to look at that and do my homework for that stuff. Uh, but as far as, you know, how to go drive it, I'm just going to kind of adapt like I always do. Any final questions for Jesse? We'll go to uh, Kyle and then wrap with Marty. I just had a follow-up. Uh, can you just talk a little bit more about the restarts? Because every time it just looked like you were able to get out there. And also, uh, can you talk a little bit about your truck debut at Gateway uh, with Tricon as well? Yeah, so I think this restart's the biggest thing for me. Um, well, I can't tell you because then you'll tell everybody or somebody will find out. But uh, but no, I mean, doing things to have maximum power on a restart, um, you know, working my tools inside the car. You know, people think you got a side draft like crazy, your gut's out right, right when you get going, but then you have no run into one. And I would, I kind of learned my lesson on that last year of not having positive momentum. And uh, that was just my biggest thing was just being really in control, listening to my spotter, um, and then just bonsaiing it every time in the turn one uh, and hoping it would stick. And it always did. Cars didn't have to do that. So um, as far as Tricon debut went, I thought it was pretty good. Um, obviously, I was filming for Corey Heim. Uh, Corey's a lot bigger of a human than I am, so I didn't quite fit in uh, that cockpit too great. So I couldn't really see over the dash that well, and I couldn't, really, I couldn't see at all on my right side uh, headrest. So nothing on the right side I could see. So that was kind of sketchy. Uh, just not being able to side draft, not being able to enter the, enter the corner and, and race hard side by side with somebody. Uh, we had really good speed. Uh, Scott Zabadelli is, is phenomenal. Uh, the whole team was really good. And obviously we were the best of the Tricon trucks that day and uh, came in with a top 10 in my debut. I was happy with that. Um, wanted to run. My goal was to run one spot better than that. So uh, I think, you know, if I had been a little bit more comfortable, we probably could have stayed up in the top three, top five. Um, but honestly, if you know that last restart doesn't come out, we finish fifth, and it's a great day. So, um, so awesome day, and really happy. Looking forward to Kansas, a place I've won at before. I feel really confident at. We'll wrap with Marty. 
Hey, Jesse, Marty Sakala, Rock Sports Net Race Pro Weekly. Congratulations on the win. So yesterday you're about to get in your car, and then we have the rainstorm follow, and then you're told early start time today. Did that affect you a little bit mentally? Um, no, um, not really. I didn't mind it. I think that I was kind of like looking forward to, you know, just resetting. I was pretty upset, obviously not winning the pole, getting out qualified by a teammate. Um, and I thought I would, that kind of put me in a good mindset. But at the same time, I feel like I kind of grew up racing really early in the mornings, um, you know, at Red Bluff Outlaws and uh, early morning legend races and Bandolero races. So, uh, I guess maybe that gives me a little bit of an edge, and that's what I told myself at least. So I don't know. I think I just went home, did some homework, um, had some food with my girlfriend, and, and went to sleep pretty early, watched the outlaw race, and, and went to sleep. So didn't really change a whole lot on my end. I did a little bit of homework, but not much. One, Well, actually, one more. We'll wrap it, Scott. If you just want to holler it out. Oh, we got a mic coming. Scott Walsh from the uh, Scranton Times. Just on the next to last restart, the 15 and the two got together, and the two got a little sideways. Did you see any of that? Did you have any? Did that affect you at all or anything? Was there any contact that they made with your car or anything in, in that incident? No, but I was cheesing. I was, you know, happy to have a five car length gap into one. I don't know how in the world that happens, but um, I just saw they were coming together. Third of caution would come out. But, yeah, I was just looking in my mirror like, oh, my gosh, because they were just, like, beating and banging and everybody was going everywhere. Um, and then I think the 18 kind of caught me a little bit after that because somebody blew up off a of three, um, and it was kind of – and I was the first one to hit it, right? So I wasn't sure how slick it was going to be and if there was oil down, if I was just going to go back into the fence. So, uh, But, no, yeah, that restart was – Good for me. I'm not sure if it was bad for my teammates, and if it was bad for my teammates, then obviously uh wish it wouldn't have happened, but uh glad nobody was, you know, hurt or piled up on the front stretch. That's never a good place or never a good look. All right. Well, congratulations, Jesse. Uh, thanks for your time, and uh, good luck in Michigan. Thanks, guys. There are 16 spots in the playoffs. And just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. Yeah! NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. And that will be... A heck of a race before the chase for the championship, guys. I'm telling you, it was last year. Some disappointed folks. Some really disappointed folks, guys. But uh, we're going to go move on. Denny Hamlin, man, <laughs> you need to go to YouTube and check out the end of, or go on Facebook. Somebody, NASCAR's got it. The last five laps. Absolutely awesome, fight, watching them fight it out. And when Denny come into to the deadline room, <laughs> he had a wild look in his face now. And then ask some of the questions. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. He was fired up. At Pocono Raceway, and we're now joined by Tyler Gibbs, GM of TRD. Uh, special uh, special guest today, big day for Toyota, their 600th win in NASCAR, 
also had their earlier today 200th win at NHRA. Uh, so huge milestone day for Toyota. So pre- Tyler, appreciate you coming in to uh, talk about this. You've been uh, you've been in uh, NASCAR since I believe 2004. 2004 with the truck. 2004 yeah. with the truck series. Talk about this milestone win, please. Yeah, huge, uh, huge accomplishment. Obviously, uh, we won't. Uh, Dwell too long on 600. We're going to go for 601 pretty soon. Um, but uh, great accomplishment. A lot of hard work by a tremendous number of people at Toyota, at TRD, all of our truck, Xfinity, and, and Cup teams over the last 20 seasons. So um, a huge, huge milestone. Uh, again, just really proud of everybody. Happy to represent Toyota and TRD up here today. Great. Thank you, Tyler. If you have a question for him, please raise your hand. We'll get your mic. We'll start over here to Marty. Marty Sakala, Rock Sports Net Race Pro Weekly. To not only see a driver win, but to see all except one of your cars in the top ten. What does that mean on this special day? Does it make it a lot more significant in that situation? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always fun to, to uh, enjoy something like this with as many people as you can. But, uh, again, I think Bubba finished 11th. So, six in the top 11, we'll, we'll take that. That's a good Sunday. And, um, again, just really proud of everybody and all the effort that's gone in over this weekend, over all the years. So, Anyone have any other questions for uh, for Tyler? I have another one for you. Uh, another milestone for one of your drivers, Denny Hamlin, 50 uh, NASCAR Cup Series wins. That's, I mean, not that he was not already a NASCAR Hall of Fame lock, but that pretty much locks you in. Maybe talk about that milestone as well. Yeah, I mean, Denny's been with us, uh, you know, basically from the beginning, almost from the beginning. And so um, huge to have him in the family. Um, love having him associated with 2311 and part of that ownership group. Um, he represents us both on the ownership side as well as on the driver's side. And um, three Daytona 500s, 50 wins overall. Um, you look at what 2311 is doing on the competition side as well, and it's just um, a great fit for us. Um, love having Denny. And, um, yeah, just love what he's doing for the sport overall. Excellent. Uh, any final questions for, for Tyler Gibbs? Uh, we'll take another one up here in the front, please. I think it's, yeah, there you go. He's now on the ownership team. It looks like you're transitioning uh, into the next generation where Toyota can stay strong, not only now, but, you know, in the next 10, 15 years. Yeah, again, 600 wins is for us uh, a milestone, but it is just part of the journey. Um, We're not satisfied at 600. So uh, as we've talked about before, building teams that kind of are associated with us and fit our whole kind of – personality is exactly what we're looking to do certainly denny does that and is part of the family so from uh, from our side yeah we want to continue to to raise up the drivers from our development program into the cup series um, and when we have the opportunities with hall of famers like denny um, that's a real natural step for us go over to shane shane hector underground sports um what is the morale like um over at toyota right now because it seems like you guys are a lot more competitive right now than ford and chevy so what is the morale like over at toyota so, uh, again, we're coming to the playoffs, so everything is focused on getting as many cars into the playoffs as we can. I would say our, our morale is great. Um, we have a, just a really dedicated group of people at TRD as well as in Toyota Motorsports and Toyota Racing. And so, um, yeah, we try not to get too high on, on um, good success when we have a little bit of a run. Um, we try not to get too down when we have the challenges. Um, just keep digging, and the results will come. I think you've seen us lead a pretty fair number of laps. We haven't necessarily won as many races as would be associated with leading that many laps, and so that's coming to us as we continue to just 
put in the performance, put in the hard work, and uh, and move ourselves forward. Go back in the back there for a question. Nathan Song was a podium finish. Maybe some uncertainty about whether Martin will return next year for, for JGR. Just kind of how are you viewing that? What's your message been to him on uh, trying to keep him, you know, racing next season? Yeah, I, I think our message is consistent with JGRs, um, and I think the fans of our sport, um, we'd all like to see Martin stay. Um, he knows that. We know that. Um, and so from that perspective, we're waiting for his decision. Um, it's obviously a tough one for him. Uh, he has a tremendous amount of success and um, is enjoying a really, really strong season this year. So um, we certainly hope that he'll decide to come back again next year, but we would understand why he may why want to do something different. Um, it's, it's a long season, and he's done it for a long time. So um, from that perspective, we're just working with JGR, and we'll figure out kind of what that looks like if Martin chooses not to come back. But, again, we certainly hope that he does. Okay, any final questions for Tyler? All right, well, congratulations again to you and to Toyota. Huge day for you guys. Appreciate Thank you your all. time. Welcome to join up, Coach. Okay, we will continue on with our post-race press availability, and we are now joined by the owner of Joe Gibbs Racing, and that is Coach Joe Gibbs. Uh, Coach, maybe talk about a milestone victory for Toyota, 600 wins, milestone victory for Denny Hamlin, 50 wins. Big day for you and your team. It sure, it sure was. Uh, he's on or turn him on. Hear me? Yep, very good. Yeah, there we go. Uh, well, I, I would just say we love coming to Pocono, honestly. Every time we start getting ready for this race, I think our people all feel uh, like they have real confidence. Uh, I think Denny is – been fantastic here but in general we just love coming up here uh, it was a great crowd today fan base and we appreciate everybody here and um yeah our our it seems like this pocono brings out the best in us and so just really appreciate it and appreciate all the support and everything for, from our team and our guys back home, I, I hate it when everybody that works on the cars and everything back home, they don't get to be in the winner's circle with us. It's a huge deal for our sponsors. We had a new sponsor today in Mavis. It's a huge deal for us. Uh, you know, we, we've got FedEx there. we got uh, uh, um, all, all the other sponsors that kind of sponsor our car. Interstate Batteries for sure. Norm is always with us in the winner's circle. So, as you guys know, our sport's different than any other sport. We have to have sponsors, and they're more than sponsors, they're partners. And so it's great when you get a new sponsor coming into sport, and that was the case today. Okay, if you have a question for Coach Gibbs, please raise your hand. We'll get your mic. We'll start up here. Coach, you have a Yep, you can go ahead. Yeah, Coach Gibbs. Ty is really coming on. I mean, last year he won, I think it was a truck race at Michigan. He's won a few times since then. It just seems like he's getting better and better all the time. I, I imagine he's on some kind of timeline, or he's went through a lot in the last year, but it looks like he's uh, he's found a way to persevere. Yeah, well, the thing that this is all Ty's ever wanted to do, <laughs> from the time he was two, this is this is what he's wanted to do. And so he knows that you got to handle things the right way and you got to race your way up. You can't talk your way up. You can't buy your way up. You can't. And so he's totally fixed on doing this. And so we're proud of him. We think he's made good progress. And uh, we've got a great, real good team around him. 
Chris Gale is just awesome. And so uh, I think we got a good team there. And I know it's fun being the granddad to watch him. And I wish Coy was here. Um, Coy kind of orchestrated his whole racing career. From the time he was in go-karts all the way up, Coy was the one that directed things. And so uh, we miss him terribly. Appreciate Coach Shane at the Underground Sports, um, what does this mean for you to see is it both your grandson and Danny in the top five? What does this mean for Joe Gibbs Racing to see both your is it both cars successful today? Well, I think I think what he says, this is so hard to do. And, you know, it's the best people in the world racing cars is extremely hard. That's the reason why we just brought up the point there of Ty. When you step up the cup, it normally takes a long time you know, to get to a point where you can race with the guys up front and win. And so it's just hard. And so I think because of that, when you get a chance to have a day like we had today, I think I'm really, really proud of our whole team and everybody back home. And we hang a banner tomorrow in our shop, and I get a chance to thank all those people. But it's a huge deal for all of us, our sponsors. Um, Like I said, I call in FedEx. Um, and our, you know, I, I just, I think it, it kind of makes me uh, realize how fortunate I am to be a part of this, and I appreciate the people that we have around us at, as a part of our team. Go to Marty. Marty, raise your hand, please. Uh, behind you. It's the Rock Sports Net Race Pro Weekly. Coach, over here, uh, you just mentioned it, first race with Mavis on the car. How big of a deal was that for them to win in their first race? Yeah, it's a huge deal. I told them, okay, you got to come back every week now. <laughs> and I said, this, is, this happens every week. This is it every week. I'm not sure they bought that. <laughs> uh, but, no, it's great to have a new sponsor like that, somebody that's a real powerful company, and um, to get – them on the car, and then to have Denny um, give us a win. It's just a, it was a great, great day to be truthful. And hopefully that gets them excited too. Second, obviously you got to wait for post-race tech to finish up, but to have one get away from you last year, come back to victory lane this year unofficially, how sweet is that? It is. It is sweet. And, uh, yeah, that was a bitter disappointment for us last year. And uh, so – Hopefully today, <laughs> it's not going to be the case. We get through inspection, and uh, uh, but <laughs> we we really enjoyed the day. And Denny drove his rear off, and we had uh, you know Martin was up there for a bigger part of the day. Uh, Christopher came all the way back and did a great job too. And so, and then we had Ty. So it was a big day for us. Good to Bob. Bob Hawkers, Fox Sports. I have two. The first, uh, obviously, Larson wasn't happy with Denny's move, but I'm curious, is, is that more aggression that you've seen out of Denny than you have previously? No, I think I think the I always like to have the drivers speak to that. They're the ones in the car. Denny's the guy in there. Uh, so I, I think, you know, uh, sometimes you wind up in those last laps with a lot happening, and certainly it did today. 
So I'll let Denny kind of address that, everything that happened there. And uh, we always ask you about Martin, but Denny isn't – you all haven't announced anything yet for Denny for start for next year. How close are you on, on that? Yeah, Denny's here for the next 10 years. You know, that's what I'm announcing. <laughs> no, really, we're working on everything at our place, but we know Denny's going to be here. Good to Zach Sterniolo in the back. Zach Sterniolo, NASCAR.com. Coach, um, how would you describe Denny at this phase of his career and how he's evolved as a driver from, you know, obviously it's it's been a long time, seven, 17, 18 years um, yes. at this level. How would you describe Denny at, at this stage? I think I think Denny is um, is really patient. You know, I, I see him, he's he's a vet. He understands it, and I think he understands how to win. And um, he certainly has been uh, a great representative for us. And the other thing I've always admired about Denny, he has been so loyal to us, our family. Um, we had a picture there taken in the winner's circle where J.D. used to come up behind Denny and squeeze him and Denny had me come up there and do that. I just appreciate Denny in every way. Our family, he means a lot to us. And so we really appreciate him and appreciate our friendship. Uh, Chris Knight next. Chris Knight, .com. Gibbs, uh, Coach, how do you feel about the strength of JGR at this moment going with the uh, playoffs on the horizon in both the Xfinity Series and then, then the Cup Series yesterday? Um, winner JJR JRM felt like that uh, Joe Gibbs was going to be the team that they had to beat. Yeah, well, I, I'm excited right now. Our Xfinity program is really, really coming along. Our ARCA program, we love that, and we're all in on ARCA, Xfinity, and Cup, obviously. And I think right now in Cup, we got off to kind of a slow start this year, but I think we're starting to gain momentum. And uh, everybody knows this is a critical time right here. Next five races down to the playoffs. And so, but I do feel like right now that we're kind of making up for our slow start, I think. We'll take two more for Coach, and we'll go yeah. right here in the middle. Coach Eddie Kalegi, Motorsports Today, congrats on the win. Managing a four-car team, I mean, that's never easy to keep all four cars consistent and mixing and matching sort of last week. Christopher and Martin, so strong. Martin gets the win this week, as we've talked about, three cars in the top five. So as much as winning races is key, how important is it for you guys to be, as a program, having all four cars consistent and strong each and every week? Well, one of the things I love about NASCAR is the fact that it is so hard, and it, it is for, for us, it's four cars having to work together. And that's hard, you know, to get that done. But at the same time, that's the best way to go forward in NASCAR, working with your teammates. And so at the at, back at the race shop, we're all together. We work together. We get to the race track and try and solve problems together. Once the race starts, you know, we, we've proven that over a period of time. Everybody's on their own. And so, uh, but I do, uh, I, I do think that's one thing I appreciate about NASCAR. It's extremely hard. It's unlike any other sports. You've got to get four, four teams working together. And so, so far, our guys have got a good chemistry with that, and they understand the sport. And I think they're veteran guys that understand 
working with four teams is the way to solve problems. Thank you. Uh, one more, one more, Coach, if you don't mind. Yep, just one more. I'm Dropper Motorsports today. Uh, Coach, you already touched on Denny's value to JGR a little bit, um, but what are the emotions right now, seeing him win his 50th uh, cup win for, yeah. uh, for you guys? I think all the way back to when Denny first came on board, I still remember that. JD found him, and he's racing late models, and uh, came down, and everything from the test to racing a truck, so we put him at Darlington in an Xfinity car, <laughs> everything he got in, you know, he just took right off. And J.D. said to me, he said, I think we need to sign this guy. And I said, I think you're right. And then we actually really, the story is, we went through one half of a year with Denny racing Xfinity. And we were struggling with our cup car. And we put him in there. We're going on 18 years. So it's been a great deal for us, a uh, great, great a great deal for Joe, Joe Gibbs Racing to have Denny there for that period of time and the way he's taking care of FedEx and everything. Uh, and we just really appreciate him and the way he deals with this. He's a real pro. Coach, thank you so much, and congratulations on this big big victory. Okay, we're now joined by the winner, winning driver and winning crew chief of today's race, and that's Denny Hamlin and Chris Gabehart. We'll go right to questions. If you have one, please raise your hand, and we will get a mic to you. Uh, we'll start over here with Jeff and work around the room. Uh, Jeff, yeah, Jeff Gluck. It sounds like, you know, you defended your move on TV, but Larson obviously not happy and said that of all the times – He's never had to apologize to you. You've had to apologize to him. Why wasn't your move dirty, and um, how do you view it uh, after everything that happened? Well, that's not true. He's he's ran me off a bunch of road courses and called me and said sorry, and I said I'm going to stand my ground next time. I I don't I'm not here to defend anything. I put both of those guys, the 48 and the five, in an arrow situation. Didn't touch either one. How can you wreck someone you don't touch? They make a decision to either let off the gas and race side by side or hit the gas and hit the wall. I mean, I put them to those decisions. Uh, I didn't overshoot the corner. Uh, I was behind them. I tried to get position on them. I uh, knew it was going to be tight off of two, uh, but always made sure I left a lane or more, more than a lane. You know, it's, it's the same, you know, these next-gen cars, for whatever reason, you get in that spot near the car on the outside, it, it sends them very tight. It, it just tightens their aero balance. Um, everyone knows it. Um, you know, Kyle is one of the best aero blockers in our field. Um, I knew once he got the lead and, and it was green, there was just no way I was going to go around on that. So I just backed off and just waited and tried not to burn up my shit for a restart later because uh, he knows how to put you in a situation to just kill your car. So, um you know, we waited and we we pounced at at the right time. He you know didn't get his right sides clean and drove in the corner just too far and let us get beside him. And then I thought we were going to race it out off of two, but uh, you know it was just he got in the fence. What about Bob? Uh, Bob Packers, Fox Sports. Larson had said that he felt like it was kind of the same move that you did to Chastain last year. And same that, move he made to Bubba. 
Did he mention that or no? No, he did not. Gotcha. So, but do you feel like you raced him with respect? We're racing for the win. Are you shitting me? <laughs> for sure. I mean, if I'm going to give anyone in the field respect, it's Kyle Larson. Just, just because of our, you know, I, I respect him as a race car driver, and I think he's, you know, probably the best. So, certainly he's got my respect. But, damn, I mean, we're we're all racing for a win, and I guarantee you, rules reverse, it goes the same way. Going to the back to uh, Zach. Zach Sterniello, NASCAR.com. Denny, um, you were talking about, I guess, just the relationship between you and Kyle. You've, you guys have had run-ins in the past. How does does it affect anything? Away we from really the haven't. I, you're kind of blowing that up. That's not true. We've not had run-ins. Uh, I got in the back of him in Atlanta trying to push him. That's in a draft. We're drafting. Um, so... That was a draft gone bad, and then uh, at we're racing like once again we're racing for the win at at uh, Kansas, and he gets in the fence, pull comes off the fence, and and I tag him in the left rear. It's I mean, you know I get it. I know we we're trying to you guys are trying to go with this, but you know I've been on the shit end of so many of these results. And I am definitely, when it comes to getting 50 for me, 600 for Toyota, uh, I'm going to make sure that I drive as hard as I possibly can and respectful. Uh, that's why I left them more than laying off a of turn two. That said, how, when you, when you hit those milestones today, um, but, but you get out of the car and the crowd reaction is what it is. Does that? Did you hear intros or no? I did. I didn't do anything before the race. We'll let's go uh, in the middle here. I'm Chopper Motorsports today. First off, congrats on boy Denny. Thank you. Uh, so now that uh, you do have 50 wins, and you touched on this yesterday, the significance of uh, your 50th win possibly being at Pocono, where your first two career wins were, has it set in yet? Uh, and if so, what are the emotions that you're feeling right now? No, I mean, stuff like this doesn't sit in for a while. I actually exchanged texts with Kenseth over the week. And, you know, we were just reminiscing about old races. And I, I told him, I was like, you know, you probably, you know, I, I was, you know, definitely filling him up about, like, how great, you know, he was. He was a great teammate. And he just, you know, the wins that he had, he was just so underrated. And, and I told him, I was like, you know, that's one thing that we're always guilty of is not appreciating it in the moment. Like, it's always when you're retired and you got a bunch of time and you're sitting there on your rocker uh, on your back porch when you're thinking about, well, what have I accomplished, right, in the sport? Um, these things take a long time to sit in. They really do. Um, we're in the heat of the moment now. I mean, I'm answering questions about, like, was that, what I did was fair or not. I mean, give me a break. It's like um, it takes time. And, and I just I never thought I'd get an opportunity in the Cup Series, but – Luckily, J.D. Gibbs took a chance, and Joe Gibbs took a chance on me um, nearly 20 years ago. And to get my 50th when it comes down to the track that I got my first, it certainly is, is special. And, and like I told you yesterday, it, you know, I knew that you know, every weekend I go into it thinking, man, this would be the perfect weekend for it, you know, because they're always, there's always the right time to win. But um, I think there's, I mean, there's just little things like, my old car chief 
um, spider that works at the uh, Jogids Racing found in his old toolbox um, my my grandmother's St. Christopher. And so I get in my car for practice, and it's sitting on my dash. And I'm like, I hadn't seen that thing. I thought it was lost. You know, we, we would always put – my mom would put that in there before the race. And so on the dash, I mean, I, I, I sat down. I said, well, we're winning this weekend. I mean, that's just – those things don't happen on accident. Like, so I just um, – Really happy to to win it for the team, uh, you know the whole team. Chris and his team on the pit box, the guys in the war room, the guys in the fab shop. Like they, I've been really lucky to be part of an organization that carried me for many years to many many victories. Like a lot. Um, not everyone gets the opportunity to go from racing late models to racing for Joe Gibbs Racing in 18 months in the Cup Series. Like that's just, it's hard to do. It really is, but. Luckily, they believed in me. They gave me time to to get going, and you know the rest is history. And that's a follow up to that. You also have uh, the solo record now for most wins at Pocono. So, um, congrats at on that. At eight, right? Yeah. Uh, seven. <laughs> well, it, I guess eight. Sorry, sorry. I I, I look at the official like stats, but eight, eight of this, eight of this. <laughs> you you earned it today. There's no tape on the car this time. That's for sure. <laughs> you earned it today. Thank you. Thanks. We'll go to uh, Marty. Marty Scala, Rock Sports Net Race Pro Weekly. Gentlemen, congratulations on the win. Chris, I guess I'll ask the same question. After what went down last year, how sweet is it uh, to come back, get another win here? Uh, I'm a little afraid to talk because I know the car's not through <laughs> tech yet, if you want to be honest about it. But I figured that would be coming up after that question. So, uh seriously, though, really, really sweet. Um, win, lose, or draw doesn't doesn't matter the the effort that we put forth to uh get to this position um it, it, i don't know it's pocono magic i mean it, this this group has magic at a lot of places but uh kansas comes to mind but this this track here I, for some reason there's so many different ways to win at it and um you know we've we've found ways to to do it a lot of it is Someone asked me earlier, and I told him, um, I really, as a purist, I can't think of a better NASCAR track than Pocono to win at because it literally takes every facet of the game. Fast cars, uh, fast drivers, aggressive driving, um, fuel mileage, strategy, uh, aggressive restarts. It just takes it all. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's one of the reasons that this team's very, uh, you know, with, with Denny leaving it from the leading it from the driver's seat. Uh, this team is is very versatile. Um, I, I'm so proud of it because we we cover a lot of ground. Um, there was there was no part in the race today where the strategy didn't make sense to us, and um, you know, fortunately, it all worked out. Denny scoring Toyota's 600th win across all the top three NASCAR series. What's that mean to be a part of history today? Uh, it's special for sure. Uh, I remember getting, I think their 100th cup victory at, at Loud, New Hampshire, um, long, long time ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, milestones are always big and, you know, to have, you know, 600 wins across, you know, the, the three series, I mean, it's, they're, it's unmatched what they do to invest in this sport from the grassroots to the cup series is unmatched. 
Uh, you can see it at uh, your local dirt track. You can see it at your weekly racing series. Um, they are all in on NASCAR. And so to be part of that type of organization and that type of manufacturer certainly means a lot from my standpoint. I was, you know, I was nervous in 2008 when we switched over, right? And uh, we, we had a lot of success um, before that. But, you know, the Joe Gibbs Racing Team thought that this was the best move for them. And obviously they made the right decision because there's no other manufacturer that performs on a per-car basis like they do. Go to Kelly. Raise your hand, Kelly. Kelly Colonel, Racer.com. Chris, you and Denny have been together for a while. You know what he's capable of, but I found it really interesting that going into that, I guess it would have been the second to last restart, you felt the need to come over the radio to try to motivate him, and you had the numbers ready. Seven at Pocono, or eight, as Denny would say, 600 for Toyota, 50. Um, and you said find a way to get it done. So, I'm just, again, I'm just curious uh, those moments of, finding something to say to him even though you know he can get the job done uh, i don't know I, I denny doesn't like cheerleaders he'll tell you that but uh you know I, I think every now and then focus is required of anyone and and i say that because these moments are so hard to get to to even have an opportunity to compete for a win let alone all those things we just mentioned um all those metrics we just mentioned it's once in a lifetime opportunity those are never – all of those things are never going to line up at once. So, you know, he's hot and sweaty and in that cocoon and, you know, focused on this vibration and getting these tires clean enough, and I just wanted to get in his mind one moment and remind him that this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Find a way to go get it. And, you know, if I, if I spend every minute of my day in that um, manner – it's never going to mean something when I step up and say it that clearly because it's always level 10 cheerleading. But I just wanted to focus him on the moment and let him realize, just remind him of just how important the moment was. Go ahead, Dustin. Dustin Albino, JC. Denny, on the podcast, I think it was last week, maybe two weeks ago, you mentioned throughout your career you thought you were like an average restarter. Um, leading into the Larson deal, did you feel like you were in the catbird seat be on the outside of the second row? Not really. I, I just I hadn't got going. I, I, that's not true. There was a couple good restarts today, um, but the first turn um, had, had been a challenge throughout the day. So I, I didn't think I was in a great spot, honestly. Um, but you just never know, right? I mean, certainly anything can happen on the front row. Uh, but I, I would rather my shot on the front row. But you know, the, the critical moment really was right before turn one, <clears throat> clear in the 19. That that gave me the option to, to pull down on the five, and when I did, he sailed it way off in there. Um, and so that, that gave me the opportunity is getting that crucial restart. So um, I didn't think I was in a great spot, uh, but clearly he thought I was in a better spot. Thank you. Go up here to Scott Walsh. Scott Walsh with the uh, Scranton Times Tribune. Denny, um, when Ryan spun out on the final lap, were you aware of that? Uh, were, were, uh, you know, did they come over the radio? Or, you know, were you maybe surprised to see the white flag instead of the, uh, the yellow flag in that instance? Uh, no, I mean, I think that um, 
NASCAR's kind of had a history of, you know, if it's kind of out of the way, someone gets going. They give, especially on a track this big, they usually give it ample time to work itself out. Then they check the racetrack, make sure there's no debris. Um, but I did hear, you know, when I was in turn three that there was a spin, but my spotter's always just constantly updating me on where the cars are behind me. Uh, but he, he mentioned that there was a spin behind me, but that's all he says. Go up to here to Chris. Do anything to try to shift the cheers or the booze back to cheers, or does that really bother you, or no. do you, are you embracing this kind of villain role? I mean, I just I'm just too old to care. I mean, I, had I had got another 20 years ahead of me, then I, I, I get it, you know. But fandom doesn't give me trophies. Fandom doesn't, you know, <laughs> doesn't do the job for me. It, so I, I just, you know, I. In my career, I just had some pivotal moments getting into guys when, uh, you know, they were super popular, and I just kind of wasn't. So, you know, I'm okay with it because it, the fans were passionate about what they saw. And I think if you were a Denny Hamlin fan, you'd, you you know, you probably – and if there was that many, then maybe you'd probably hear the same thing. But it's just uh, – I don't know. I've, I've never really resonated with fans for whatever reason. Um, I, I got here – on hard work and the old-fashioned way, but, you know, I'm just not that likable, which is okay. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I'm just not one of those good old boys, right? So it's just on myself, I am. I, I, I try to treat people really well um, and do the right things and, you know, let let the fans cheer for whoever they want. But as long as they're making some sort of noise, it's okay. He had some stern words post-race um, saying that you weren't the victim. Do you feel like you were a victim of circumstances battling Larson there at the end? I don't I'm, I don't know what you mean. He felt like you were the, I mean, he just said you weren't a victim. Like he felt like that your explanation, like you were put that, that it was on, you know, that it, was, it, was, it wasn't, uh, like, he felt like it, it wasn't, it was, You're good. He just he just said that you know Denny's got to quit playing the victim that you were responsible for this and it was your fault. I was racing for the win. I not I never said that Kyle did anything to me and I deserved to get like we were just racing for the win. Um, you know I it, it just I think I think sometimes analysts views it depends on who's the character really i mean if that's that's the truth in it um it's very hard to be unbiased it's it's so hard uh but th those were two guys racing for the win and certainly um roles reversed it it, it goes the exact same way now we have several hands still up i'm going to let chris go uh chris i know you got to get to tech I believe in one more interview, so we'll let you go. Congratulations on the big win. All right, thanks. Uh, we'll take a few more for Denny. I know we have several hands up. Won't be able to get to everybody, but we'll do the best we can. Uh, we'll go back to Zach Sternley all on the back. Denny, I know you said you didn't touch the 48, and the the video showed that. But what what did happen from your perspective? Were you surprised mm -hmm. he went around the way that uh, as quickly as he did? And I know there have been, mm -hmm. um, un, I would assume, unintentionally, um, and it has looked that way. Um, 
uh, several instances between the two of you just over the course of the last month. Yeah, I mean, we talked after, um, you know, people need to know that I'm I'm very honest with myself and I'm very honest with my competitors when, you know, I know that they made a mistake and I try to tell them, you know, my side when it, when I make a mistake. Um, Alex came up to me after um, Atlanta and he's like, man, God, sorry. I'm like, dude, it's no, it's no big deal. Like, <laughs> you got loose and I was just there, right? Like there was there was nothing that had to do with anything. It's just kind of circumstances. And when when you race around each other uh, a lot of weeks out of the year, you're going to have those things happen. Uh, what happened in turn three is uh, I got a really good runoff of turn two, and I was going to shoot low. And when he saw I was going low, you know the move for the that guy is to aero block. I mean that's just that is what next gen racing has become is aero blocking. So he tried to shoot down right in front of me, and his car got loose. And then I was on the brakes trying to trying to stay off of him, but it's unfortunate. Go over here to Michael. Michael Massey, front stretch. Uh, Danny, you said like you don't care like what the fans think. Well. What has there been any thought to just like lean into it, like lean into kind of the the villain role, or kind of like Kyle used to do, or or not? I mean, not really. I mean, I don't think anyone likes to be disliked, um, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just uh, no. I, I don't try to do anything to lean into it for sure. I think it just kind of happens naturally. To be honest with you, um, you know some of the, you know, questionable incidents. You know, like with the chase thing, like it just that stirs the things up, right? As, as me and Chase get together and we crash at at Charlotte, and it just, you know, it just fires the people right back up. That like, you know, I'm the ba- I'm a bad guy. So I just think that uh, it's just part of it. I think, uh, you know, fandom is uh, it's a crazy thing. Like it really is. It, I've noticed. The further away they are, the more booze are. When they're up close, they're actually very nice. I mean, they they are. It's just, it's it's so different. Like walking out versus someone that's on the other side of a fence. So it's just, it reminds me of like social media. Like the further you can get from face to face interaction, the more hateful that you can become. And and I kind of like, you just need to look at someone on social media when they're hateful on social media just go back and look at their posts they're hateful to everyone they're just an unhappy person i don't i don't fault the fans for not liking me because there's people in sports that i don't like i've never met them i just you know i root for the other team and so when they root for the other team and that team doesn't win and they think that i'm responsible for that team not winning you see the reactions that you do so it's just there's a lot that goes into it but I'm just happy that we came out of here with a stands packed, infield packed, campground absolutely full. Um, This has just been a a fabulous weekend at Pocono. I think that Nick and his team has just done a phenomenal job continuing to invest in this facility, and hopefully we continue to come back here every single year. What, uh, Jeff? I'm not trying to harp on this, but I want to give you a chance to address it. Okay. So on TV, they did feel like there was contact. So once you go back and look at the replay, if if it does turn out in your view there's incidental mm-hmm. contact, does that change anything about how you felt about the incident? Is that still going for the win? 
well, it's obviously still going for the win. And, you know, we saw seen the rules in going for a win. I, let's take this incident out. The rules of going for a win has changed in the last 10 years. You've been covering the sport for a really, really long time. And, like, it's just different. You know, people are just like, well, I, it's the what I had to do. That's what you hear, right? I didn't have to, but I'm, I'm, I had to race hard for a win. Um, was I going to let off and give them all this extra room? Absolutely not. No way. Uh, I wanted to race side by side because I earned the spot of getting beside him. Um, I don't feel like there was any contact. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. I could be wrong, though, because I'm on the other side of the car, and at the time I didn't see his nose, um, and I was gassing up to try to clear him. So from what I saw, uh, I ran up into the middle lane, and uh, after that, uh, we we ran really close to each other, and he got in a aerotight situation that made his car take off. That was it. We'll go back to uh, Davey. But it's hard racing. It's not certainly nothing intentional. I I think the best way to win them is duel it out side by side, and that's how I thought it. we were going to come off turn two. Uh, Davey Siegel with Sirius XM. So Kyle was very adamant in the, his TV interview that you know he's. You guys are still obviously friends, and he, his words, not mine. You raise him like an asshole, but you're still friends, and he can do a good job separating the on-track stuff from the on-track stuff. He's obviously not your only friend on the racetrack that you race for wins. How do you separate the on-track from the off-track in terms of when you're racing good buddies out there? Yeah, I mean, I actually listened to uh, Kyle's uh, Dirt Racing podcast, and you know, after Kansas, I think he's one of the most level-headed guys as far as that's concern. I mean, he, he, he does do a good job of separating and, and I feel like I do as well. Like I, I feel like I can interact with anybody that I've had past incidents with or whatever it might be. Um, Kyle does a really good job of staying level headed. And I think he does separate them really well. I can see from his perspective why he would say that. Um, but in both circumstances, both drivers were, racing for the win. Um, I didn't deem either one of them dirty. Um, certainly not Kansas where, you know, he got loose, bounced off the wall, and we made contact. That's that's just it. unfortunate. That was very unfortunate. Same with today. I thought that uh, I left them, you know, when I'm in front of them, which I was in the middle of the corner, I can't see him. All I know is they said, he's on your corner. So at that point, I'm in the middle of the racetrack. I'm, all I want to do is just leave him enough room to not hit the wall. That's that's my job is to carry as much throttle as I possibly can, but leave the person, because I'm not clear, I need to leave him a lane to race in. Um, and I did. And, and unfortunately, again, it's, it's very different with this next-gen car versus old car, um, the aero, aero situation and and the fans at home will never understand it because you, you you see it on tv but you don't understand how much the car takes off by itself um and and it did and you know that's just it, it sucks because certainly i'd love to to race them um to the to the white flag but you know a lot largely because i respect them so much and so um i i do i, I try to separate it as much as I can, and, and certainly if he feels as though he owes me one on the racetrack, then, then that's up for him to decide, and I will 
distinguish that differently than our friendship off the racetrack. And so you can be, it's, you know, what people don't understand is you actually kind of race your buddies harder than you race others. It's just, it's weird how it works out that way. Well, Denny, you mentioned, uh, everyone mentioned the 50 wins that ties you for 13th with Ned Jarrett and Junior Johnson for 13th on the all-time list. Congratulations. Uh, good luck next week in Richmond. Enjoy this one. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. Yeah! NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. day. Okay. 